Welcome, friends and listeners, to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Carrie Genzel, actor, producer, writer, and creator of stateofslay.com. Slay, in this case, being an acronym for self-love, appreciate you. State of Slay is a blog that I created documenting my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and focusing on the positive. It is a safe place to encourage one another and walk together as we find empowerment and self-love. I hope you'll join me on my blog, stateofslay.com, where we walk and slay together. Slay on. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. And now, your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Hello, this is Stephen Brittingham, creator, producer, and host of Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Thank you for joining me on another episode. It is wonderful to have you here. As many of you know, as host, I strive for meaningful, and in-depth interviews. You are just moments away from my conversation with the lovely and very talented Brenda Epperson, a lady I can't speak highly enough of. Many of you know Brenda from her days in Genoa City on The Young and the Restless as Ashley Abbott. Brenda took over the role after Eileen Davidson vacated the character. This interview is from the early days of Hollywood and Beyond podcast. Back in 2016, Hollywood and Beyond premiered on an online radio network and was actually broadcasted live. This interview, though, was my first interview that I recorded off the air. I was using different equipment than I use today. I have gone ahead and enchanted the sound, done some new editing, and added a few more surprises. But one thing remains the same. This interview is not only truly interesting and enjoyable, but it is very sentimental and touching. When I first arrived to Los Angeles as an actor to pursue my dreams of of working in Hollywood, I was blessed and fortunate enough to have met Brenda Epperson, who was currently portraying Ashley Abbott. I admired Eileen Davidson's portrayal of the character very much, and was very impressed how Brenda was able to continue onward, doing an exceptionally good job portraying the character. Brenda was very kind to me. We had such a good time at a charity event when I first met her, and it is something that has always stayed with me. It was such a pleasure catching up with someone that I think so highly of. And now... Here is my conversation with Brenda Epperson. And don't miss a very moving conclusion of this conversation. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to the show, Brenda Epperson. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time. 
Well, you are most welcome, and you're right about that. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. We've been trying to connect for a while, and we've we've met each other before. We were talking about that earlier. That's right. That's right. Uh, several years ago, and it was a wonderful encounter for me that I've always uh, treasured and remembered fondly. And uh, you were so gracious and kind all those years ago as well. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you. You're so you're the same way. So thank you for having me on your show, and congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to have you on. And uh, like you thank mentioned, you. I've been trying for a while, so. Uh, I'm so excited about this, and this is great. Welcome to the show, and I guess we can get things started right away. There's a lot to talk about. Of course, one of the things would be music, which is something very dear to your heart. And I mm-hmm. believe you just traveled to Nashville, and I assume that's yes. to work on uh, some mu- music projects. Yes, I just arrived in Nashville. I've actually uh, been here, I've been averaging once a month, and I remember years ago, People would say to me, oh, you should go to Nashville and work on music here. I'm like, Nashville? What, I mean, why do I need to go to Nashville? I work, I work here on music. But I have to tell you, there is definitely something, anybody's listening and they live in Nashville or are from there, there is definitely something magical about Nashville and music that just go together. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is, but it just, it's phenomenal here. You just feel so creative here and... um or I, I just, I, I love it. And um, somebody that I'm working with, an amazing producer uh, that I'm working with, Tim Miner, he's just phenomenal. Um, I've heard about him for many, many years and always wanted to connect with him, but we just did as of late. And he has been in Los Angeles for years and years and years. And oddly enough, when we finally did get connected, he had just moved to Nashville. And I said, are you kidding me? All those years I've been in Los Angeles, I'm like, oh, you got to meet Tim Miner. Oh, you got to connect with Tim Miner. Wouldn't it be that? Yeah, I have to meet you while you're in Nashville, and i got to fly to come see you. But it's just, it's been fantastic, and um, we've been working on some things together, and I just really learned a lot from him. He's just um, not only a phenomenal person and, you know, an artist and was signed at a very young age. I think he was 16 when he was signed. You can look him up, Tim Miner. He's just phenomenal, worked with everyone. And um, it's just really great to be working with him. And I just, it's upping my game as an artist and, you know, musician, vocalist. So very, very exciting. So I'm here and it's beautiful. Well, that's great. That's an excellent description about Nashville, the atmosphere. Because Los Angeles kind of has that atmosphere, of course, for actors. So Nashville, you're getting that good vibe of of music. I agree. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly right. You just, I, I, last month I was here and I stayed four days or four or five days and wrote and wrote and wrote and, um, it's just so inspiring here. Wow, that's I don't know great. if it's all the people who, you know, have come before us and worked and birthed music that just, when you get here, you just feel very inspired musically or what it is. But it's, it's, it's really a great feeling, really a great feeling. And what musical projects are you currently working on at this time in Nashville? Well... Right now, um, I finished, last year I did a song, and a single, because, you know, it's not as easy to do a full album anymore. It takes, you know, uh, a lot of money and a lot of time, and um, a lot of songs, quite frankly, because depending on, you know, I'm putting my fingers up in quotes, who you are, you can <laughs> do an album with 10 or 12 songs, and some 
large artists go through over a hundred songs just for those ten or twelve. Wow! But you know, who can who can <laughs> you know do all that? So, uh, depending on who you are, you know, just to get to those twelve songs, you sure. know, you got to shuffle through a lot of songs and a lot of writing and a lot of time because you don't want to rush it. But so, a lot of artists are going in the way of you know EPs. Um, I mean, small um, three three or four tracks to get it on the radio. Because um, I think now, in order to get certain radio play, you have to have at least four tracks on an album. Um, then a lot of singles are being released. So that's kind of um, what we're doing. We've been working on several songs. Um, but this time around for myself... Uh, I'm trying to be more strategic with them. The song that I did last year, really, it was the first song I have to say that I I wrote the whole song. I heard the music and, um, you know, worked with a producer on that bang. And, you know, I didn't produce it, but I helped creatively with it. So for me, it was the first song that I had ever done that much on. You know, I'd never... Mm-hmm heard the music, written the words, and, you know, partially produced a song. And I was really happy with the way it turned out. And it was quite a departure from the other music I'd done, like when I opened for Lionel Richie and I was with Sony. I was signed with Sony TriStar Music and worked on that music. It was a different sound than my sound now. And the sound that's coming out of Nashville here that I'm doing is different even from my latest single, my wow. latest single, um, it's called I Cry Freedom. It was um, played on radio around the country. It's on Django right now, Django Radio. Um, and it did pretty well on the charts. And I can see um, why. It's a fantastic I you. song. I just, thank you. It just doesn't make any sense I just don't understand How this world can be So heavy and hard Leave you alone with nowhere to stand I'm feeling lost and confused And time and time again I felt like I'd lose But you reach out to this broken heart Your spirit's stronger than the hurt of the dark The spirit of the southern road is on me Just really, um, I felt like that song in particular was a breakout song for me, mm-hmm. meaning it was my sound, my words, my way. And I don't mean that in a, in a, you know, kind of like a stuck up way. I just mean as an artist myself, um, so much of my career, people told me what to do, how to dress how to be, how to talk, how to look, and how to act. And I appreciated that to a point because, you know, sometimes people say, you know, well, how do you do this and how do you do that and how did you figure that out? And I said, look, my line is, I'm smart enough to know that I need to have smarter people around me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I appreciated the fact that people that had hit shows or were huge producers or Mm -hmm. work execs, Mm -hmm. you know, knew what they were talking about to tell me what to do. But at some point, it stifled my creativity. At some point, I stopped being creative. (laughs) At some point, I doubted whether I could create. At some point, I didn't have confidence in who I was or what I had to give because 
<laughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry. There wasn't anybody there to tell me what to do or how to do anymore. Sure, sure. So that was um, a really interesting time, but also really exciting because I was venturing out into kind of no man's land, right. kind of making something out of nothing. <laughs> and that takes courage, doesn't it? It does. And kind of an artist looking at a blank canvas and going, I know, I know I'm an artist. You know, I know I paint like an artist would look at a blank canvas and say, I know I paint, Uh but now I'm on my own. So now what? Like, what, (laughs) what (laughs) am I doing? I've done this and this stuff is hung in a, in a, in a gallery or a museum. Sure. Now I'm just, it's me and this, this canvas. And that's kind of what I cry freedom was for me, not only right. lyrically, but also I have to say, um, just the sound and, um, obviously creatively because I thought, okay, I'm doing this. I'm not doing this for a label. I'm not doing this for, you know, anything. I'm doing this because I am feeling this song because um, God kept leading me that scripture, Isaiah 61, which is the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach the good news, sent me to bind us brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I just thought, why does he keep, you know, leading me to this? And I was like, wait, a song. This would be a great song. And that's literally how the song was birthed. So I started kind of, you know, writing out that um, verse and kind of changing it. And then all of a sudden, I heard how it should sound, and it was the most awesome feeling. And then, you know, with the creativeness of Matt Bang, who produced it, um, we produced it together, it just came out the way it came out, and I was just so proud of it. And and it was just, you know, lyrically, it's it's I think it's a great, but also personally, it was just kind of my coming out, like just freedom. I cried freedom. Just be free, be be who you are. Don't be scared to um, follow after a path that might not be set in stone before you, but just take that first step and go for it. And, um, you know, you'll never regret that you did because, you know, all my life I've always said, I've never wanted to look back and say, what if, for example, when I left the young and the restless, um, when I was Ashley, on the Young and the Restless, I was there, and I could still be there. I I mean, that character is still there, and I just, for me, I had this huge opportunity to sign with Sony TriStar Music. I had this huge opportunity to tour around Europe, which then led for me to open for Lionel Richie, and they, you know, Sony said, you know, CBS said, we're not going to let you out of to tour. We're not going to let you out to travel because I was recording in London. My producer was in London. Um, I'd have to leave CBS, fly to London, and then, you know, be back and forth. Not a ton, but, you know, certainly to get things done. And they weren't going to let me out. And I really, at that moment, I said, you know, I have a decision to make. And Mm -hmm. it's a life-changing decision. Sure. What, you know, 10, 20 years from now, what am I going to look back and what's going to make me look back and said, say I did the right thing. You know, maybe somebody's sitting there thinking, you know, make in, at a crossroads for a decision. What's going to make you go, okay, 20, you know, you got to think 10, 20 years from now. Sure. What's going to make me, what's going to fulfill me 10 or 20 years from now when I'm looking back and saying, I did this or I didn't do that. And I thought, if I don't take a chance, you know, so given that, that you know, ultimatum or that um, understanding, I then was faced with a decision. I have to either quit to do this or I have to stay at CBS. And I, I either have to stay at CBS and say no to Sony music or I have to say no to Sony music and stay at CBS. And it was not an easy decision, but quite frankly, it was because I thought, I've been doing this for almost eight years and it was great. And it, 
was wonderful. Met so many wonderful people like yourself and, oh, you know, CBS you. and the Young and the Restless supported me financially and great opportunities and yes. did so many wonderful things. But looking back, I knew in 10, 20 years later, I would just kick myself, you know, because how many people, first of all, get the opportunity to, you know, be on a primetime show, be, you know, one of the leads and on a major CBS network, but then also have Sony TriStar Music say, we want to sign you. Now, sometimes in a lifetime, we only get one of those things. Now I've got two, and I thought, you know what? i got to go for it. Sure. I don't ever want to look back and say, what if? So I did it, and it was fantastic. And, you know, my father was um, a country RCA Yes. And a country artist, RCA Victor, uh, recording artist when he was alive. And I think it just kind of runs in the blood. And it was just, I just had the time of my life. So if anybody's out there listening and they're thinking about not doing something because of the money, don't do it. Just follow your dreams. Because I don't regret a day of it. I don't regret a day of it. Well, thank you for all of that, Brenda. That's very inspirational. And you are so right. I mean, that was a courageous decision you had to make, very difficult one, but look how you feel now because you made the right choice. You followed your heart. Right. And like right. you say, now you can be true to your heart and express yourself the way you want to. And yeah. I totally agree. Years from now, you don't want to be a person that goes, why didn't I do this or why didn't I do that when I had the chance? Exactly. Regrets. Regrets, I think, are so hard for people to deal with or live with. But They you sure know. are. Yeah. And, uh, now, do you write your own songs? Well, so I've, I've co-written a song prior to I Cry Freedom. You know, uh-huh. here's what happened. Uh, in the world of, you know, this crazy, fast-moving internet and all of this music, because I was there during the music age when... It was just, you know, a CD, right. you know, and you had the CD and your CD, you know, I was in Virgin Records and, you know, my CD was there and you'd ship your CD. So all sure. of the iTunes and stuff came out. And so long story short, I put everything on iTunes before you could put stuff on iTunes directly. You had to go through companies. So I went through a company, put all my albums up, but didn't know there was a dues or there was a stipulation where if you didn't re-sign that they take them all off of iTunes. Oh. So all my, oh, I know. So all my music isn't up on iTunes. I only have a small amount. Oh. So I have to figure out a way to get it all back up. So I have a few things on there. Um, and the last one that I did prior to I Cry Freedom is called One. Uh-huh. And I wrote that one with um, Steve Bertrand. And that was, um, you know, one of the first songs that I kind of co-wrote. Prior to that, there was a few other ones, which I will get up, um, that I wrote. Uh, and the three songs here in Nashville that um, Tim Miner and I just finished, uh, I co-wrote with him. And, I mean, my gosh, <laughs> if you look him up, I mean, he's worked with everybody, you know. Sure. Whitney Houston, I mean, the wine is, I mean, just who hasn't he worked with? and. It's just been an incredible experience. So, yes, I have been writing and honing my skills as a writer and learning a lot working with all these, and working with Tim. Sure. Um, and I've been learning guitar. I've actually been oh, taking wow. lessons on my dad's guitar, yes. Um, the same guitar that he, um, you know, came from Kentucky and came to Nashville with, and I'm taking lessons on that. Actually, wow. it's... Um, in some of the photos, one of the uh-huh. photos I just did a photo shoot for um, some of the new songs that I'm doing. Um, I took a, a photo with his guitar also. I think it's on my website as well, um, brendaepperson.com slash music. That's the guitar as well. That's the black and white photo. Exactly, oh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking good. as you described it, I was going, is that yeah. the photo? Yeah, that's it's it's a, an old Martin guitar. It's an excellent photo. Yeah, we took some more pictures with it in the in color, which will really uh-huh. make it pop. So I'm excited to uh-huh. put those out as well. Well, that's a wonderful photo. I really like that photo. And now I Thank know it has you. 
it has special meaning for you as well. And I encourage people yeah. out there, if you've not heard Brenda sing, I strongly recommend it. Um, I Cry Freedom. It's just a fantastic song. And I'm looking Thank forward you. myself to listening to some of uh, your other songs that I have not yet heard. Thank and, you. Um, well, and I promise, you know, by the end of this year, I will have them, the rest of them up. Um, uh, somebody that I've been working with, um, Brenda Delaney, does music promotion. And, and uh-huh. um, I think we're going to be working together. And she was saying maybe what I should do is put one album up, but then do a compilation of some older music and putting it together and just kind of do a, you know, um, a compilation album, which would be kind of fun. Oh, that would be great. Well, I'm very mm-hmm. excited to hear about yeah. all these projects. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. I'm Me so too. excited I for you. To do them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for oh, you. Where do you yeah. think, I think you've actually would probably have already answered some of this, but I'll still ask, uh, is there a certain path you'd like your musical aspirations to take you in the, in the future down the road? Oh yeah, no, we didn't ask. You didn't ask that, but yeah, it's a that's a great question. I um, you know, I I don't really have uh, a certain. Oh, I want my music to sound like this. You asked me what I wanted, where I wanted my music to be. Yes, I want my music to be in film. Uh, wow, this. This music that we're working on, I want to specifically target for film, a film, films, wow. marketing, um, perhaps even for other artists. Wow. You know, large artists, um, if they like what we've written. Um, I'm kind of more targeting my music now, uh, maybe because I just have more confidence now at this point that, you know, and a dream of mine is to, to, you know, a dream of mine that has not been fulfilled yet uh-huh. is I can see it. I'm standing on the stage at the Grammys and singing my song from a movie soundtrack. I can see it. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> this dream. That's all of mine. I like this dream a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a moment that would be. What a moment that yeah, would be. Yeah, we'll do an interview right before it, okay? Hey, you got it. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be standing up cheering you on uh, because <laughs> yeah. I, I would be so proud and happy uh, for you. Thank um, you. Songs and film, boy, when it's the right fit, it right. changes the scope of a film, doesn't it? It's like the film is speaking it, its heart through a song. Oh, 100,000%. I mean, you know, <laughs> You you think of Titanic? I mean, oh yes. You know, it's the it's not that the song made the film, but the 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 song and the film were so pricelessly matched sure. together. Sure, they just you just you can't think of one without the other, and that's when you know it's a perfect fit. Like what you said, you can't think of that song without the the film, and you can't think of the you know the Titanic without sure. the song. So yeah. Absolutely, and and sometimes they're just fun, uh, like Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, exactly. But and, that is hey, yes, that is perfect. Yeah, there you go. Because boy, you, you hear the song and you think of the movie. You think of the movie. You think of the song. Correct. <laughs> but yes. I really like your example of, of Titanic because you're right. Boy, songs like that stir the heart. I mean, it certainly does for me. I can't listen to that song without getting all teary-eyed, you know, I just can't help it because, you know, you think about so many things. Right. And and not just in the film, but what happened in real life. You you know, uh, your mind goes to, you know, these people in this situation. And um, so I think this is a wonderful idea, Brenda. Uh, I am definitely cheering you on, that's for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, um, Anything's possible. That's right. That's right. you got that right. And I was going to ask you, what was it like, uh, you know, with the Lionel Richie experience that you had? Oh, please. I mean, it's been incredible. It was a dream I of bet. a lifetime, you know. I uh, I signed with Sony TriStar Music, and um, I, 
I'm on the stage and opening for Lionel Richie. I'm with Sheila E. Um, backstage hanging out. Um, we're in venues and places that Elton John had just played at. Tina Turner had just been wow. you know, um, in Paris and Europe. And I mean, just literally, it was a once in a lifetime. Wow. And, um, I learned a great deal. Uh, I, you know, I was on a billboard, which was really fun. Hey, hey, hey that's great. Um, who, just, who wouldn't um, want that to happen? <laughs> I know. I just, um, I'll, I, I'll never look back. It was really like a huge, huge learning experience. It was a dream of a lifetime. And, um, hey, maybe there's more to come. Well, I have a feeling that there is. Big time. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well, let me ask you, Brenda. Um, you know, speaking of singing and everything, uh, uh, you mentioned your father, uh, Don uh-huh. Epperson. Um, you know, how would you best describe your father to other people? Well, um, it's I didn't really know him that mm-hmm. well. Uh, he died when I was really young. I was around seven. And... I didn't, unfortunately, know him that well, but he was um, very vivacious. He was um, full of life. He was bigger than life. Uh, So one of the stories of him was he, in between, so he was an actor, and in between acting and um, singing, he would go to the branches and break horses. (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> in his spare time, just for fun. So wow. if you can imagine that kind of personality where you just go on this wild horse and get bucked off <laughs> just for fun and, you know, get the tar beat out of you for fun. Sure, that's sure. Who, that's who he was. So, um, There's a way yeah, to work off some steam. I know. Wow. Sure. So, that's a great story. Uh, he was, yeah, larger than life and loved his family. Yes. Just so much. And, uh, you know, died too young. He died in a car sure. accident um, in Mexico uh, on the way to make a film. And uh, the car froze. He was thrown over the cliffs and mm. just never, you know, broke his back and never got up again. But, you know, he died the way he wanted to die. He always told my mother, which was so odd, I want to die fast. I don't want to suffer. Mm. So, you know. God granted him that. So, um, and he but, was yeah, doing something that he really I, loved. We talking, yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, he moved to Los Angeles from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh-huh. He would do studio sessions, and he came running home and told my mom, oh, you got to hear this. She goes, what? He goes, I am telling you, I just met the most amazing person. He's brand new. He just moved uh-huh. to um, Los Angeles. From Nashville, I'm telling you, he's going to be a huge star. You got to remember this name. She goes, "Well, who?" He goes, "Remember this name. His name is Glenn Campbell." Oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah, so Glenn Campbell sang back up on my father's album. Wow! What, what so, an honor! What an honor! Um, yeah. And your father was right. He turned out to be pretty yeah. big, didn't he? He knew. Wow! That, that's that. That's amazing. Um, and your dad yeah. also, you know, you're right, Brenda. Um, you have that connection with your father artistically in particular because he was also an actor. Right. Um, appearing in a movie with uh, John Wayne and Big Jake um, doesn't get really much bigger than that. I know. We still have a coffee cup from John Wayne. Do you stand oh, wow. it? It says, to John from the Duke. Is that the wow. best? <laughs> wow, that's that is something else. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yep. So come by it naturally, I think for sure. And after the unfortunate situation uh, with with him and and, mm-hmm. and you losing him at such a young age, uh, something that uh-huh. I can understand. Although I was a few years older than you, but it's kind of something that sticks with you, isn't it? That you wonder about yeah. things, and when you grow up, you go. 
wow, you know, my dad might have showed up for this special occasion. Right. I agree. Yes. And did your family then move at that point? Yes. So after my father died, my mom moved my sister and I to, um, you know, a very small logging town called Dallas, Oregon. And you were in uh, California, right, when uh, you grew yes. up in California? Yes. So I remember looking around going, where are all the 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 buildings? Why are there so many trees? What is happening? <laughs> Culture shock. <laughs> yeah, it just was crazy. But we went. We moved to Oregon by way of Nevada. We lived in Nevada for a short time. Wow. First, um, did you feel out of place? Las Vegas. Oh, horribly out of place. <laughs> I felt like it's a great question. I felt like I was an alien on another planet. <laughs> I didn't dress the same. I didn't act the same. I didn't sound the same. I didn't grow up the same. I mean, it's really, you know, I have a friend, Michael, his family, they were missionaries in Malaysia. And when he came to the United States, he had culture shock. Now, I'm going from state to state. This poor kid is from another country. It's just like, it's really tough. It's tough sure, for kids. Sure, Yeah. Well, but how we did you it. adjust? Was seeing something that well, you did? Well, you know, it's great because, I mean, I'm kind of a small-town girl, uh-huh. and I love animals, and we were um, uh, on a farm working and, uh, you know, did 4-H, and that's pretty much what that is up there. It's very, you know, rural and sure. um, very homespun, and it really was great because it taught me a different way of life. I, I really, I really really believe that if I had grown up in Los Angeles that I, I would be a very different person because, you know, my mom being a single mother and trying to keep everything together, you know, it's just Los Angeles is a very tough town and it swallows you up pretty easy. And I think uh, I would have perhaps done too much too fast and it just would have made me a different person. I, I, I believe growing up the way I did and in church and with strong morals and, and, um, family, uh, values that, um, it changes your priorities and you look at things different. And I realized at a young age that of several things, I realized number one, I wanted to affect the world and not let the world infect me. Yes. I wanted to affect the business and not let the business infect me. Um, that I would never be so desperate for a job or for a part or for a meeting that I was willing, that I would be willing to sacrifice my morals or who I was or give away a piece of myself physically or emotionally because of a part or because of a paycheck, I realized early on that I would take a stand and I would never be bought. And uh, quite frankly, that left me lonely at times because I didn't do what everybody else did. And I didn't um, go to some of those parties because I knew what was going on. And, um, I, I'll never regret it. And, you know, I just want to encourage any young girls that are listening to, you know, remain hopeful and to not give up who you are because I've sat with women later on and they've said, you know, I gave away this piece and that piece of myself and did this and that. Looking back, I never would have done that again. And I can never get those pieces back. I can never get that part of me back that I gave away. So, you know, I believe that God was my agent and he was going to open the right doors and I didn't have to, you know, sleep with everybody and do drugs and and do all those things that, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people do. And in turn, you know, I've been very blessed. So it's it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and you are an inspiration to others. Uh, Speaking also for myself, I've actually told a few people that, you're one of the individuals that um, inspires me and 
in so many ways Aww. on so many different levels. Um, so yes, you have succeeded in inspiring others, and I know that you will continue to do so. And what you just Thank said, you. Um, I can respect and admire so much uh, because uh, from my time in Los Angeles when I was training as an actor, you know what? Right. There is a lot of distractions. Oh. You know, if you really want to be a true artist, if you really want to show up and be the best actor or the best singer you can be, you've really got to avoid those distractions. You, you've really got to know yeah. who you are as a person. And you took the, right. you took the path less traveled. And um, I really admire and respect that. Thank you. Thank you. Not easy, but all sure. worth it. Absolutely. In the end, all worth it. And so singing, you've mentioned your interest in singing at a younger age and how that helped you in a new environment. But when did the acting bug bite you, so to speak? When did you go, wait, I might want to try some acting here? Well, I didn't. And that's what's so crazy. Um, I didn't. I didn't ever think that I would act. I was Mrs. Sourberry in a play in high school. <laughs> hey, it counts. And, <laughs> yeah, and Oliver, right? I mean, I was Mrs. Sourberry. And I was like, why am I the evil woman? Why can't I be the beautiful <laughs> person? I'm this evil person. <laughs> and so... I did it, and they're like, you're so good. I'm like, I don't want to be mean. I want to, you know, be nice and <laughs> be the princess or whatever. But I never, you know, that was never the thing I got. So I tried it. It was great. But I think it was my junior, senior in high school, whatever. And then I, you know, went to college, and that was it. And I yes. never, I thought, oh, this is fine. But it wasn't my bag. I just was like, oh, it's fine. It just was never something that. I had a passion for doing. Wow. I was literally doing commercial work. Uh -huh. um, people are like, go to acting classes. And I did a couple, but I just didn't, it just didn't vibe for me. Um, I did some individual one-on-one -on -one coaching with some people that sure. felt, felt better for me. And, you know, I landed the part, you know, literally by God opening the doors, because I, sh I never should have landed that part. Um, it was actually on the Young and the Restless. It was like a miracle. And so, and I'll never forget when one of the producers called me into the, into the office or into the, to the backstage. He's like, you know, and you talk to me. I go, yeah. And he goes, you really should take acting classes. I was like, for what? <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, see. so I took a few more uh -huh. just to kind of like help me. This was like the first month that I was working. Wow. Because it'll just help you get more comfortable in front of a camera because I'd never acted. Well, I never acted. I'd never, this was my first job. Isn't that and amazing? I was like, oh, so you're, yeah, I was like, oh, so you're basically paying me to learn how to act? <laughs> <laughs> wow, now there's a good deal. Um, right. So I went to a few more classes, and then I took some more um, individual classes with some coaches to just try to really understand sure. and, you know, just really dug in to try to figure this acting thing out. Because it's a lot to know, um, you know, learning the lines and not just a few lines. It's, you know, sometimes up to 50 pages. Sure. You have the blocking. You have your body position. It's not like it's, you know, digging a ditch or, you know, go fighting for our country hard. Sure. I'm certainly not equating it with anything like that, which are beyond respectable jobs. And this is just very fluff. <laughs> but I'm saying it's just hard in terms of wrapping your mind around it and doing it and sure. doing it well and not look like it's not, not looking like a fool. <laughs> yes. Well, you succeeded in, in doing an outstanding oh. job. Um, and you're right. I yeah, can so see I where guess, you got better and better over time. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was like, I got to figure this out. And, you know, and I would watch the other actors and of course, you know, working with Eric Braden and, um, he was great. I, I learned from him as oh. well. And, um, what an amazing actor. Yeah. And very and unique. Course, he is. Yes. Very, very neat. It looks like that. maybe something's not going on, but. There, there surely is deep inside, and that's one of the things that always intrigued me about his character and his performance is despite what Victor might want you to think, he's actually a very emotional person. Right, right, right. 
And then, of course, learning from the late Catherine. Sure. So wonderful. So, um, yeah, that's uh, oh. that's how I got into acting. I mean, you were on a show with so many talented people. It's it's rather mm-hmm. mind-boggling in a way. And, mm-hmm. you know, you took over uh, for another actress who had left, Eileen Davidson, superbly yeah. talented lady. And one of the things yes. that I noticed, and everybody else did, was that there was this interesting resemblance, at least to a certain extent, between the two of you. I, I thought it made Absolutely. it help with the transition. But you were still your own, you still played it, you know, you did, you left your own mark though, which I, I think is great and very impressive. Thank you. You know, they were always telling me, again, goes back to what I was saying. You know, so you imagine I'm 20 something, 22, whatever, I've never acted before. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm filling these shoes and I'm on a network. I'm one of the leads. I'm, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, trying to figure everything out. So they were constantly like, Oh, turn your head like this, wear your (laughs) hair like this, lower your voice like this, do a look like this, squint your (laughs) eyes, you know? So they were constantly, and I get it because they wanted people, they wanted that familiar thing that Eileen had for me to have to help people stay, you know, um, connected and, just to, to keep that familiarity. But, you know, in after a while, I was just like, oh, my goodness. So I was able to break out of that and just kind of make make her my own within the confines of obviously what the character was. So, um, And like that, you said, there's, you know, with what you had to learn, uh, what some people may not realize is sometimes you're very close to the other actor, more close than it may appear. You have to learn about pacing, if you talk too fast, that's not good. If you talk too slow, that's not good. You really have to – you have to learn so much, and you got on-the-job training. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did. Yes. So and, that, that's how my acting began. And look, I did films with Leah Remini and Ted uh-huh. McGinley and Randy Quaid and, you know, uh, you know George, George Takai and um, – uh, I mean, Scotty from Star Trek and um, Brian Keith. I was in a film with Brian Keith right before he passed. God bless him. And just, you yes. know, a lot of really, really great people I've met through the years in different films and and things that I've done. And so it's opened a lot of doors and it, it's been great. Oh, that's wonderful. And you've definitely left your mark, like I said earlier. And I was thinking as you were talking not only did you take over for such a popular character and actress, you know, she was very, Eileen's very, very talented and, and then yes. you step in. But if I remember correctly, you kind of stepped into a storyline that uh, was of a sad situation with the character of Stephen Lasseter. Um, yes. I told exactly. you my memory was good very... like this off the air. <laughs> day, I have to cry. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's what I was cry? thinking. I remember seeing a scene, and, and you know, Brenda, this is rather ironic. This might have actually been your first episode, but I remember yeah. a scene where you got the necklace delivered to the Abbott home that Stephen was supposed to be from Stephen, and Terry right. Lester, who played Jack Abbott at the time, put it over your neck, and you were in tears, and it was a very dramatic moment. Yeah, and I think that was one of your earliest, one of your earlier scenes. That's exactly right. Great job. <laughs> it was. If not, my first. Wow. It may have been. It may I have really been. do think it was. I wow. Think. Isn't that something that I actually saw that? Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Terry, what was it like working with Terry? Because he was very popular in, in the role of Jack. Very popular. Yeah, very popular. Um, it was great. I just... And it's it's so sad. Like I didn't really get to know him that much because mm. he didn't stay on the show very long. Um, yeah. Trying to think if it was just really several months, and then he left. Or and then here go. comes I'm Peter sure. Bergman to the rescue, another yeah, replacement. And in. wow, 
Yeah, and he was wonderful, and it was great working with him, too, because I, I remember when he came, I was like, oh, I used to watch you on all my children. So, <laughs> and his yeah, character, really Jack, fun. on The Young and the Restless, so different from his All My Children character. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? Night and day. Oh, and his Night energy, day, yeah. uh, his enthusiasm, um, you know, just an outstanding actor. Um, yeah, he really is. He's fantastic and a great guy. So, and then you know, after I did the singing and the, and 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 um, I'd been working on and off on acting, it, I really found hosting to be fun. I hosted sure. a bunch of different shows. I hosted Aesthetic TV, and um, you know, I just really enjoyed hosting and just you know interviewing people like what you're doing and just kind of getting to know people. I just I really yes. enjoyed it too. I- and, I'm really Off enjoying script. being a host. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's fun, right? <laughs> I hope I get to do it some more. You will. I'm sure you're going to be a huge success, and your show will be wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. I'd like to be on five nights a week. Sure. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to get you some of the cast of The Rich and the Ruthless, which I'm working on now. We just finished filming the pilot with the, Victoria Rowe, who that's right. played Drusilla from The Young and the Restless. And it is a fantastic, really, really fun, fun show. So Victoria Rowell is a creator. And um, my character is Edith. I, of course, am a uh, network executive. Okay. And not a nice girl. I had a feeling. And they're finished. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a nice girl. And they're finishing filming up in Jamaica. Um, And as much as I wanted to go to Jamaica. Oh, darn it. I, I was kind of. It, it, let me just put it. I was a little relieved, but it, it all worked out because I I needed to be here in Nashville. Sure. I finished my music, and then my daughter's birthday is Friday, so I couldn't really miss any of it. Oh, that's so it great. worked out. But yeah, but they're finishing. I'm shooting the Rich and the Ruthless in uh, Jamaica, and hoping that it all works out and that. Uh, oh wow. I'm, I'm calling I'm, you from Jamaica. Hey, that's right, and I, I wish you the best of success with that. I hope everything. Thank goes you. really well. Um, feel free to send folks my way. I'd love to talk to uh, Victoria someday. And I've seen some pictures of you, you know, uh, uh, from the production. Uh, and I was thinking, you know what? I don't think that's the. Um, I think she's going to be a little bit different in this production. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very. And, and that kind of shows sure. through the through the pictures too. I can definitely pick up on that. So. Yeah. Um, yes. She's not a nice person, which is you know it's fine. It's it's a really fun character. I really, um, I mean, I've enjoyed it very, very much. So when will you know if um, this this production is going to get picked up or uh, be on the air? No, I don't know. I see. When I know, what's that famous line from Nemo? When I know, you'll know. You know. <laughs> there you go. You know, then <laughs> That's everybody all else I will. Know. You know, it's in this entertainment business and in this business, you just kind of do things and you keep doing them and then some things get picked up then, some things down the road, some things don't and you just keep moving. But um, I'm continuing moving forward with my music, finished shooting the pilot. Um, I have the Ascend Women's Conference, ascendwomen.org, November 5th. Um, Last year we had uh, about 500 women. We had Lisa Osteen Comas. We had um, Cece Winans. Uh, and a bunch of other speakers uh, that came as just you know day to inspire women, encourage them. This, sure. this year we have some great women breakout speakers. Ishikabla, who is from Turkey and just travels the world and telling wow. people about her life and her story and just it's, she's phenomenal. And uh, so that's what I'm working on right now. Uh, we're having some contests. People can win prizes if they, you know, enter the contest, but they can, um, they have to be there to win. Uh, we just really want to bless women and encourage them. And this year's theme is hope and just give people hope because with the world, with the temperature and the climate of things that are going on, not only politically, but with, you know, ISIS and all of the, the evil that's happening, you know, the anger, you know, the, Police being killed, people being hurt in the streets, just the division that's going on. We hope that the AscendWomen.org, that event, 
and November 5th will be a time that women can hope again and, and feel loved and, and a safe place to be and come together and encourage one another. So I'm really excited about that. And then I'm working on my book. I've been working on this book for a while. I did a book called um, Blessedness of Brokenness. Yes. But I'm working on a new book, which is, you know, kind of a little more my story. Oh, wow. Great. So I'm also trying to get that done. You know that what that's like, Stephen. You're working on a book as well. It's just not yes, an easy I am. Yes, it, uh, it can take a while, especially if you're wanting to try to tell your story in a certain way. Um, and you keep coming up with new ideas. I'm sure you've experienced this. We're like, you know, you know what? I actually want to go in a different direction. Or uh, This is oh. what I'm trying to say. Yes. And I know that conference is something that, that is dear to your heart because um, from photos that I've seen, I can tell a lot about you, by the way, in photos for some reason. But um, really? <laughs> I can just see the joy Uh-oh. that you have when you're at the conference events and uh, when you're speaking. And um, so I think that's great. Good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're most welcome. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm excited about this book. Is it uh, is it uh, about, um, you know, moments of your life? Well, certainly there'll be moments of my life in it. Uh-huh. For years, I have to be honest, that people have asked me, different people, uh, people in radio, you know, whatnot, oh, you should write a book. And I would look at them and go, why would I write a book? Who who cares? What what do uh-huh. I have to say? And they're like, that's not true. You should write a book. And I go, well, I don't know. Because I really, in my life, I, I just really, I, and I've been like this most of my life, but the last 10 years probably I've become more like this. I don't want to do anything if it's not effective. Sure. Now, granted, you know, we try things and they may not work out, but, it, you know, I want to be effective in, in what I do. I don't like to do things just to do them because then, to me, it wastes everybody's time. Everybody's time. Um, writing a book back then, just about, hi, my name is Brenda. I grew up here. I was on a farm. I went through this. I went through that. Yeah, that's hard. But I wanted it to be mm-hmm. something that was inspirational. And now at this point, I believe I've gotten, you know, that inspiration that God's kind of downloaded, if you will, that kind of inspiration and um, that that it can be something that's effective because, you know, certainly don't do this for money. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's something you do from your heart. It's something Absolutely. you do because you just got to get it out. It's something you do that you believe will inspire or even touch one person. I did a song called If You Believe so many years ago, and I got an email or a Facebook you know, message from somebody saying, their son was going through a difficult time. It's a song I did with Philip Ingram, James Ingram's brother, a phenomenal singer. Yes. Called If You Believe duet. And um, he said, you know, this song played again. It was when iTunes came out and I was, you know, you know, it's the glory of the internet. Everybody can hear your stuff. Prior to that, it was people, you know, you sending them their VHS or if they happen to catch it in a movie or if right. you happen to have your song in a store, otherwise nobody could hear it. So when that song went online and was on iTunes, he said, my son was struggling with, you know, depression and suicide. And that song brought him to tears and gave him hope. And I wow. just, I just began to cry and I thought, that's what it's all about, you know, Absolutely. doing what you love, but inspiring people and giving them hope because yes. what is there at the end of the day? It's, you know, there's not one person, you know, said, oh, I, I'm glad I, I ran after that paycheck, but I'm lying in the hospital with tubes in my body and I don't have my health left. You know, they say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard and spent more time with my friends and family or been more inspirational instead of just getting things for me, 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 me. So I think along life's path, it's important to, you know, obviously have enough to live off of, be successful, but not, not to where you're selling yourself out to where you're not giving back. Because I really believe that God designed us and created us to give back 
and to help other people. And that's how we grow and that's how we learn. And that's sure. how we have a fulfillment and joy in our life is when we do for others. Yes. And when we give to others, whether it's our time, whether it's our talent, whether it's our gifts, whether it's monetarily, you know, whether it's a smile, whatever it is, then we become more fulfilled as people here. Well, that was beautifully said. And I agree with everything that you said. And I just think that's wonderful. Good. Good. Well, good. So we all got to go out and do it, inspire and encourage and help others. You know, people think it costs, but it really doesn't, you know, cost anything. The other day I said to the mom, I go, you know what? I just have to tell you, you are beautiful. And she just looked at me, she had tears in her eyes. She goes, oh, my gosh. Thank you. just made my day. You know, a simple comment like that doesn't cost anything. It took, what, 10, maybe 15 seconds of my time? (laughs) That's right. Made her day. I'll tell you a quick story because I know we're running to an end here. I call it my um, coffee, bean, and tea leaf story. Um, I was at a coffee, bean, and tea leaf, and I was standing there, like most of us do, getting my coffee, waiting. I was looking at my phone, and all of a sudden, you know, I heard God's voice, and I know his voice at this point in my life, and and I buy this woman's coffee, and I was like, what? Buy her a cup of coffee. And I was like, all right, okay. I thought, well, that's a nice gesture, you know, buy somebody coffee. So the line was long, and she was standing in front of me, and I couldn't really see her face. And she went to go buy her coffee, and and um, right as she went to pay, I quietly reached in, and I said, oh, here, you know, I've got it. And she looked at me, and I just I quickly handed the guy the money. And she looked at me, and she goes, what are you doing? And I go, what? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I go, I'm so sorry. She starts yelling at me. Who do you think you are? I go, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to buy you a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel like an idiot. I'm like, okay, I heard that really, really wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Now, I didn't get mad. I didn't yell back at her. And I just apologized and said, I am so sorry. I just wanted to bless you. Forgive me if I've offended you. Now the guy, you know, ringing up is looking at me like, you're an idiot. There's a line behind me. The people are annoyed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what am I doing? So I pretty much handed him the money. So she just walked away and he's like, what do you want to drink? And I was like, can I just have a cup of coffee? <laughs> I was so embarrassed. And oh I thought, my. how horrible. This was awful. This was not the way I expected it to go. I'm sure. such an idiot. I must not have heard. I just must not have heard from you, right? God. Okay. Well, so now I've got to go stand behind this woman and wait for my coffee. <laughs> she, you know, her back is to me. I'm feeling like a fool. And she's going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. All of a sudden we're standing there and this woman, a few minutes later, turns around and looks at me and I look at her eyes. She is sobbing. She is just crying. And I looked at her and I said, are you okay? Oh, I'm going to cry. And she goes, why did you do that for me? And I said, I just wanted to buy you a cup of coffee. And she began to cry and cry and cry. And she said, nobody ever does anything nice for me. Wow. And I just looked at her and I said, it's okay. I just, I wanted to bless you. I just wanted to let you know that you're loved. And she goes, Nobody ever does anything for me. And she said, thank you. And I just grabbed her hand and I said, God bless you. It's okay. And she said, thank you so much. Now, this is one cup of coffee. What is it? A a buck? A buck and a half? I don't know if that woman was going to grab a cup of coffee and go home and kill herself. I don't know if she just lost her mother and her father. Or had a miscarriage, or we don't know anything about her. But my point to that story is do not think that something small isn't significant. The small things lead to such great impact. We have no idea. 
I believe that as people, as individuals, as a society, as a whole, if we could just get a hold of the little things and begin to do those little things for people. If you see in leaders out in somebody's car, they put a dime in it. If you see somebody standing there and has bags, hold the door open. I believe those little things gather in such greatness not only in a blessing in our lives, but in the lives of so many others, sure. we cannot even imagine. So, you know, I'd like to say one thing, just I want to encourage people, just yes. do for others. And I believe that when you do for others, those blessings come back ten times fold in your own lives yes. in ways you'll never, ever, ever imagine. I have lived it and I have seen it. So... There'll be a blessing, guys. Absolutely. And that was a wonderful story that a cup of coffee turned out to be something big time significant. And that's a great story, great perspective. And that's a wonderful way to end the program uh, tonight. (laughs) And uh, Brenda, thank you for being a guest. This has been a highlight for me. Um, Wow. It's an honor to have you on the show. Oh, Stephen, you're so kind. And everybody, shout out to Stephen. He's the best. You guys <laughs> listen, support him. He's a great guy, um, oh, very you. real, very kind. And I wish you the best of luck in all you do as well. Thank you, Brenda. and Beyond podcast created, produced, and hosted by actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.